Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Post Credit Club. I'm your host, Noor, and today I've got my brother with me here again. Hey, yo. Oh my gosh. For part two of our conversation where we're ranking MCU phase four properties. Um, in our last episode, we ended up doing um, properties like from... from um, so I know there's 18 total. We mentioned that we're not going to be ranking She-Hulk or I Am Group because we never watched those. So the, all the other properties that we have seen, we ranked from number 16 to 9. So this is going to be rankings 8 to 1. So I'll start off with my number 8. Uh, my number 8 is What If. Um, you had mentioned all the things that I really liked about What If, for example, like the... I think just the concept itself that you have all these established characters in the MCU that you can now sort of do whatever the heck you want. And I think it works well, especially because they've already been established. Like you can't introduce a concept like this so early into the MCU. So I like that a lot of these characters we've already gotten to know and just seeing them being placed in different situations. It's sort of like fan fiction in a way, right? Animated fan fiction. Um, I think what you mentioned earlier about how... um, some of them were some of the stories and stuff were forgettable i don't mind because like filler episodes are a thing like it's okay to have filler episodes so like that episode you mentioned about thor like just being like a party bro or whatever i was cool with it whatever it's a vibe it was fun for me like most of my ranking is just based off of like entertainment value like how entertained was i watching this and for me what if was that i like you mentioned i really really love that all these stories actually kind of came together in the final episode i wasn't expecting that either um and then some episodes like some stories were standouts like the one where T'Challa became Star-Lord and I'm like that makes sense and it was such a great performance by Chadwick Boseman as well um you had episodes like the was that his last performance before he passed away I think it was his very last yeah I know that's why there's like it's it's a little bit haunting in a way yeah um the Doctor Strange episode as well I thought was really that was really really cool really dark that's what I want to see more from MCU so like it kind of sucks that we got we see that more from like an animated show as opposed to like live action but i'm hoping we so we can get there if we do uh, i don't know that's we'll see but i really really enjoyed that and the thing with animation is that you can do so much that you just can't do in live action right so even like in that final episode where like the watcher for example like he's going th- like he's literally being punched through different time like different um universes mm-hmm. you, you know the visual that i'm talking about I mean, sort of, yeah, like when um, yeah, Doctor when, Strange and yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it just looked way cooler for me in the in animated form. Uh, and Ultron was, Ultron I always thought was an amazing villain. Like even in um, Avengers: Age of Ultron, like I thought he was good. So like, seeing him as another amazing villain in this was, I was a, a huge fan of it. So I'm surprised that, not surprised. Sorry, I'm looking forward to seeing what's gonna happen in What If season two. But it's really high on my list because I really, really enjoyed this and it took me by surprise because I had low expectations for it. So you are number nine. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, kind of good points. Good points. Um, what is my number? No, my number eight. You mean? Uh, my number eight actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, hey, 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 hey. Okay. Uh, my number eight was Loki. Lo, lo, Loki. Lo, Loki. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, like, well, I, I think it was lower on your list, but okay. For me, the reason why I have it so lot is just that relationship between Owen Wilson and. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, aka Loki, and what, what's Owen Wilson's character called? I don't remember his character name, but all I know is, oh wow, I can't do it, Owen Wilson impression. But the like the way you kind of see the relationship build. Oh, Mobius, Mo- Mobius, Mobius. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, thank God, not Morbius, but Mobius. Um, yeah, the way the relationship develops, especially in that first episode, where he kind of gets him, Mobius kind of gets him to confront. Um, 
Loki to kind of confront his, I guess if you want to say, it's weird. It's not even demons because they're things that happen to an alternate self in the future. But they are things that like Loki would be traumatized by, like his death, like the death of Thor or things like these, right? And kind of getting him to confront, like I feel like that kind of brought up, brought down the whole barrier or barrier of this whole trickster Loki and all this stuff and kind of brought him to a little bit more of a what we know in future installments of like Thor the Dark World and like uh, Infinity War and stuff like that. So there was that. And, like, I know what you said about Kang. You're like, he was kind of... What did you say? I just thought, like, it was cool that they introduced him. I just thought the way they did it was very exposition-heavy. Right. So I agree with that, but I think the performance by Jonathan Majors itself, I think, kind of makes up for it. Like, it's... Because, like, just within those first, whatever, five, ten minutes you see him, you see how much he already, like, kind of runs that... Runs, like, he owns the... He has a presence in the sense that, like, he knows everything that's going to happen up until that point. He knows that they're going to be in the elevator. They're going to try and attack him. They're going to do so forth and so on, right? Even the apple or whatever, right? And all this stuff. And then when, when he explains, like, I have a bunch of variants and stuff that are much more dangerous than me and so forth and so on. I'm like, if this dude can do this, what the hell's going to happen when we actually see him in, like, well, Quantum Mania? And then so forth and, like, even, like, Avengers, was well, the Kang Dynasty or whatever. Like, how intimidating is this dude going to be? So I feel like that was a pretty good introduction to him. The team TVA, I felt like added a new element where it's like they're this policing force throughout time and history that like kind of protect all these branch timelines or whatever. And then in the end, it just falls off the rails. But uh, not the show, but like, I mean, like the timeline and stuff. So there, there was that. And then like seeing those alternate, like there's a bunch of like there's some fan service stuff seeing all those like Loki, the alligator Loki was so good. But like, like my point is that like. Yeah, I I do recognize the faults, but I think Tom Hiddleston just did a really good job. Um, that first episode, I think, is just first and last episode are two episodes that matter most to me in a TV show because you got to stick the landing and you need to start off strong. Loki did both uh, pretty good, I think. So just based on that alone, that's why I have it at number eight. And yeah, pretty much. Um, I I and from a personal enjoyment standpoint. I just enjoyed it more than I did the other ones. So Loki for me. Okay. Seven, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, seven. (laughs) Seven. I was so on point with this numbering, like in the beginning. (laughs) And now now I'm off the rails with this. Okay, so number seven for me is Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm not going to speak too much on it because you mentioned everything already. That's why I question. (laughs) I'm like, why is it so low then? Because that's... (laughs) It's good. I'm just saying like, and I'm doing this also based on enjoyment. I remember I liked it, but I liked a lot of these shows more in hindsight. Yeah. I think like I sort of mentioned before, like we just have like this whole like, in, in my head, like, we're sort of in a certain tier right now where all of these rankings could be interchangeable a little bit. Because I get it. I understand the whole real-world implications and they're talking about police brutality and all this stuff. I get that. But that's not what I'm looking... Like, that wasn't my criteria. My criteria is not who can make their show the most applicable in the real world. The show, or for me, it was more so what's the show that I can walk away from being the most entertained? And yeah, those are real issues. I'm not saying they they don't matter. But what I'm also saying is that, like, in terms of just content, pure, I say fun, but like something that just gets me entertained. And it doesn't even have to be action-packed. Just content where I'm like invested in stuff. I'm like, this could have been done a little better. So, Okay, I can understand that. But for me, like I, I do appreciate them trying to connect it to the real world because... Like for people watching, like it makes sense that they would want to see real world issues in from like from a superhero lens. Like, you know, for like because being in that sort of world, like 
nothing is idealistic and the issues aren't just you know bad guy good guy there should be more to that there should be more gray area so i do like that they um explored that friend for me personally that means a lot more um i still think the show is fun and enjoyable and when i was reflecting on it like in terms of like coming up with this ranking i didn't realize just how much i remembered from the show until i started ranking and i was like wait a minute this goes higher because for me my memory just is has become really really bad over the past few years so if i can remember stuff vividly in my head that means it was memorable enough for me because it was i liked it because it was entertaining so i have it where it is just because I remember it so well as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we've talked enough about Falcon Wars, so let's move on to something else. Uh, number seven, right? It was yours, yeah. Falcon Wars Soldier. My number seven was actually Werewolf by Night. So it was, <laughs> I actually had this higher, but in hindsight, I, I took it a little bit lower. Um, yeah, I just liked it because of how different it was. Like, it's the first time MCU is doing, like, low, I say different, but like, the MCU's done, they've been trying to delve into more horror vibes as of like the past year and a half with like WandaVision, Multiverse of Madness and this. But like the thing I liked was like, this was like a more of like the campy horror from like the 1930s and 40s. I'm like, it's something that I haven't seen the MCU do. do. So that alone already gets me intrigued. And then the actual story itself, like when they did show, what was the name? Jack? I, I forgot the actor. Uh, the Who's the actor? Gail Garcia Bernal. Gail Garcia Bernal, okay. Yeah, he, like, initially, like, when he does turn into a werewolf, I'm like, yo, this is actually kind of scary. But I don't think it's him in the werewolf, like, getup, though. No, but but not even the, well, okay, fine. You want to say it's not the actor, but I'm saying, like, just the character, the character of him transitioning from Jack into that. I was like, oh, shoot, when he did turn, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he, everybody's dead in that room. Luckily, everybody didn't die, but there's that. And then the whole, like, um those that bloodstone or what all all that i thought i honestly thought that was going to be like an infinity stone or something like the soul stone or something like that yeah. but I, it wasn't um and then i liked the the dollar story of rebecca ferguson what was her name you're so mean uh, yeah. elsa i don't know who the actress actress is named. is she not <laughs> rebecca ferguson I look no offense to the actor it's just i when i saw her for the first time i was like hey, it's rebecca ferguson no but anyways like i did like w her story where it's like she was part of like is it the royal family or is it she kind of like this royal family where it's like she kind of walked away but then she's like she's trying to come back and get that bloodstone or whatever so i did like that now this is i can't really judge it like if this was like if this was the whole thing over like six episodes this would probably be way lower but because this is 45 minutes there's only so much not even 45 like 35 minutes only so much you can do so i can only grade it on so much um so in terms of just how it made me feel yeah um there were some moments where i was like oh shit like genuine intrigue going on like there it almost felt like a monster hunt and stuff and they're in that maze the set was great like the set that they made like throughout them going in i was like that was pretty cool and then um the cthulhu looking monster what was his name ted ted lasso no um yeah so he was pretty good for whatever he had there and then like i liked at the ending they just pretty much turned everything into color and just um it was just him jack and cthulhu just sitting drinking tea but thing i got thing i the reason why i have it so high to kind of answer the ranking is because it actually made me care about where these characters go next like where do we do we see them in the universe going forward um i know like the problem like you don't always have to focus on the universe but i'm genuinely intrigued see like maybe you could just keep doing specials with these guys 
like Werewolf by Night 2 or whatever, like just small specials and shorts with just these characters. They don't have to be connected with anything within the universe. But to like just getting to see them again, I would, I would actually genuinely be intrigued to see what happens. So I'm wondering if this would like change your rankings would change based on like because for like I mentioned before, you saw this pretty recently so it's really really fresh in your head compared to me but i i remember your reaction to when you were watching it you were enjoying it so much that i don't think it would for the record i'm gonna put this on the record so i i watched this during my lunch break right this 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 movie or like i had like 15 minutes left in my lunch break or no i had 15 minutes left when my lunch break ended and i had a meeting to attend don't tell my bosses this but i legitimately while the meeting was going on i was on mute watching this in the background so i think that's something to say and how much i liked it (laughs) wow marvel it's been a while since he's been that hooked in anything like marvel related so uh kudos to you so hopefully we can keep that up with like future properties as well um so this is number six i'm looking at my ranking right now like should i switch it around a little bit uh, no, you know what? I'll keep it all. This this might be a little bit lower, maybe, because I, I, I don't know where this is in number six, but I think this is still pretty darn high compared to everything else that we have. Um, this is Moon Knight. That's my number six. Oh, great. So you and I can talk about it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. So um, Moon Knight for me, this was such a good show. Oh, my gosh. Um, First of all, having amazing, like Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke are like two of my favorite actors out there like to have both of them in a project together like they like that already excited me to begin with and then of course like the amount of talent that they bring into their roles as um i forgot all their names uh, but you uh, um uh, as um you can't even say oscar, oscar, oscar Isaac, which one there's like five of them and he does such a good job of differentiating them like remember in that one scene i think it was in the finale or something where like he has to change from Oh yeah, Steven to Mark. Yeah. Oh my god, heartbreaking, but mm-hmm. so well done. And then Ethan Hawke too as a villain. I don't think you see him as I don't I've, I've I don't think I've seen an Ethan Hawke movie where he was a villain. So he did a really good job. And you know, you actually sort of get where he's coming from, but he's just so likable that even I'm I'm like, hey, with a little bit of persuasion, maybe I would have been following that same path. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not as strong-hearted as you might think. <laughs> I'll say this. I think Moon Knight by far has one of the best opening scenes to any MCU uh, thing ever. Or literally, he's crushing the glass and then he puts it in his shoes and then he sits on them. Do you not remember that scene? I forgot about that. That was so that well was done. One of the best opening scenes to any MCU thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, Moon Knight for me, I think the story moves well. You're so invested in these characters. Um, I like that they have to do a little bit of globe trotting. It has that sort of Indiana Jones feel because they're archaeologists. Archaeologists? Are they? Yeah. Was Mark Spector an archaeologist? Sure, yeah curator like something yeah something no not steven mark nah he was some special forces agent or something like that oh okay 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 sorry i'm getting a bit whatever he was he was a guy who went to egypt who got freaking possessed we that's all we know yeah um but i love that they got to do that uh i also really really just like that they brought in egyptian mythology in such a way that was like you care for it because you can bring mythologies in and you can like really water down characters and stuff like that but it, it, it worked well for me um so what were you gonna say Conchu. oh my god how did i forget about Conchu? he was so good and he was um cgi'd really really yeah, well I, too f-, f murray gray or f f gary gray whatever whatever the name is but yeah he was pretty good yeah i think as a anti um i guess you can call him an antagonist like i don't know if he's he is a bit evil he's in a way. The way, the way he's he's Fifty Shades of Grey. That's all he is. He's very manipulative. <laughs> like you, 
<laughs> I mean, he is very manipulative in trying to get like Stephen. Yeah, because he's really more, more so manipulating Stephen than Mark, right? Manipulating him into doing what he thinks is right, and it, it's just him being radical, right? Well, okay, it's him manipulating Mark, but and it's more so him. So no, 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 sorry, no. It's him manipulating Stephen, and more so holding something over Mark's head. Basically, basically being like, I think like Mark kind of uh, submitted himself to him for the reason I think to save his wife, which was oh yeah, and his wife was Layla, right? Yeah. Or I think his wife, his girlfriend, whatever, his his significant other or whatever. Yeah. So there there was that. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, interesting. Like Moon Knight was the one that kind of introduced more of the, like I said, the one thing I've been wanting to see was religious aspects of the MCU. And we kind of got that. We kind of got that whole like um, that underworld with, what was it, Tawaret, the, the hippo. And then like there's the afterlife. And it's like when Steven died, I was like, oh, shit, he's dead. He's gone. Like, his character's, like, gone to dust or whatever. And, like, in the beginning, I was like, he felt kind of meek and kind of weak and stuff. But in the end, I was like, when Steven, quote-unquote, died or whatever. And it's like, he actually kind of felt, I was like, damn, that's, that's pretty sad. But I will say, like, kind of speaking to, what was it? Uh, was it Loki or was it um, Werewolf by Night? Um, like, this show also made me want to see where things go next. Because that post credit scene where it's like, uh, where you have Khonshu just basically being like, oh, like, cause at the end of the show, he's basically like, "Oh, I'm not going to," um, cause basically Mark or Steven tells him to back off, right? He's like, "I'm not gonna follow you anywhere." Okay, Constance like, "Okay," but then you find out, oh, he has like another personality. To, he's just gonna keep going. He's not gonna leave Mark alone at this point. But then you see a third personality and stuff. So, and then apparently there's actually five personalities for Moon Knight throughout the comics. So I think we'll see like three, four, and five maybe as the seasons go. But we do know we're getting a season two, like the. the the post credit obviously gave indication of that, so it was pretty cool and stuff. And he, even like some of the CGI, um, well, okay, like it wasn't the worst CGI as well for a TV show. It was pretty good, um, and it did have elements of like horror, like that first episode and the first two episodes, where it's like where Mark's being chased down the hallway in the in not Mark Stevens being chased down the hallway, and it's like you see the lights flashing and stuff. And it's not until he turns into Moon Knight where then he starts fighting all those other creatures. I'm like, that's actually legitimately terrifying, like. I think, not counting the movies and stuff. Actually, no, not even the movies. I think that was the first time we got any sort of horror elements. Because even WandaVision, it it was more so like mystic, uh, mystical and all that stuff. But this was the first time we actually got horror. Like that one scene with the elevator where it's like Conchu just walking towards him. And then it's like, oh, it's an old lady and stuff. So I was like, oh shit, this is where we're actually getting horror. So yeah, Moon Knight was pretty good for what it was. I also want to say, I just love the costume too. Like... Mm. It looks really, really good. And I know they sort of have like that same template that I, they probably did for Deadpool's mask as well with like the white eyes and stuff. It works well, though. I think it looks really, really good. They dipped it in white paint and said, there you go. <laughs> yes, because Marvel has zero budget. Yeah, and then they have no budget. Um, no. And then I'll say this. So I'm curious as to why it's not higher on your list or mine. Well, it was there's just so many properties so some of these ones are a little bit better and i can't remember this as much episode to episode that as much as i would like to but it's still very strong i think just character wise the writing and, and everything is really really well done because when you have people like oscar isaac and ethan hawk coming in you have to assume that they're convinced by the writing because i don't think these are people who would want to just come into an mcu project just for the money kind of thing it would have to be something they would be passionate about working for as well so that i already had a lot of faith in the project no going into to it knowing that you have such big um names coming into it i 
think they could have done Layla's character a bit better. Oh yeah, for sure. Like unfortunately when it comes to like these sorts of side characters and I notice a lot of times it's female side characters too. Like they're just they they try to give them stuff like, but it's never as interesting as like the main. She got like superhero powers and all that stuff which is cool, but like I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I think they could have done her character better. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it's just because we're so much more focused on like Steven and Mark and these different personalities and Khonshu and, and, and Arthur and all that. So, um, yeah, Moon Knight, amazing, amazing stuff. Really would like to see more content like that coming out of MCU. Oh, and one more thing. This is like a super small thing. But um, one of the things I really appreciated is that when they were in Egypt, they didn't have like that ugly yellow filter thing oh, that yeah. they do whenever whenever anybody goes out of Mexico. fucking America. Yeah, like whenever they go to Mexico or India or whatever, like you always see like this nasty ass yellow filter. And I'm like, what for? So kudos to not like kudos to the team for not doing that and just showing like Egypt for what it would look like. Praise Ahmed. What? You don't get that reference? Praise Ahmed. It's, it's, that's literally all they were saying in the freaking, um, it was the alligator god. Ahmed, Ahmed. Do you not remember? I doubt his name was Ahmed. Ahmed. Ahmed? Pull this shit up. Hold on. Fine, pull it up. In the meantime, I'll get into my number five because of what? Okay, now this is pretty high on my list and I don't think it's going to be high on most people's list. So I'm going to totally uh, accept the fact that I'm extremely biased about this. And you probably already know that it's a lot higher because I just haven't talked about it yet. But um, number five for me is Ahmed. Oh, really? Praise um Yeah, the, that was the, that's literally all Ethan Hawke's character. That, that was the whole point of the cult. They were trying to revive Ahmet. Oh, yeah. See, now like, it's coming to me. Like, he knew about Khonshu. He knew about, like, his, his weird, like, his um morally gray ways of doing what he wants, right? He was aware of who Khonshu was and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, now we had... So he was, like, trying to awake Ahmet and stuff. So I don't know if I... Amit, Amit, Amit. Okay, maybe because I thought you were trying to say Ahmed, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Okay, okay, yes. Now I remember Ethan Hawke's character and his motivations better. Um, okay, yeah, sorry. So number five for me is Miss Marvel. I know it's super, super high, but I think you would understand too, bro. Like it's because I'm brown, so I like be I like seeing the representation and stuff. But and and for a lot of the stuff that you mentioned too, like um, Kamala Khan played by Iman Vellani, like she does amazing. Uh, I think what you're trying to say is her being quirky. I understand what it is. It's not. It's not that she's relatable. Uh, not even just. Re- yeah, of course she's relatable because I mean we're brown. We're all, we go through those. Well, I don't mean. I, I don't mean based on like race or color. I mean relatable and just a, in terms of a normal high school kid. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think she's funny. I don't know if quirky. Like I, you said, you don't that's, like the word quirky. Yeah. Like she's just. Word, but yeah. But she is really funny. She. She's very charming. I think is what I would say. Charming she's a, doesn't. She's an Avengers zealot. God damn it! Wait, what? She's an Avengers fanatic. Yeah, but I see. I like that because that's what you and I are in a way, yeah. right? Maybe not to like her level, but still, right? So it's great that she is relatable in that sense. Sorry, and um, excuse me. Wow, I'm burping a lot. Um, that's yeah, not no. ladylike. You burped twice already, fam. Am I a lady? So. <laughs> anyways um so yes i do love that and i think just the whole coming of age vibe like the high school like for me i'm not in high school anymore so coming of age stuff i just don't connect with it as much anymore like when it comes to like anything whether it's movies or tv shows but i personally found it very entertaining compared to a lot of those kinds of um material i feel like if i was like 14 or still in high school i feel like this would have hit harder 
I'm the, the reality is I'm not 14 and I'm not in high school anymore. So thank God. Um, yeah. So obviously it doesn't hit as hard uh, as it maybe it might. So there's that. Oh, and one thing. Sorry. Uh, one thing I wanted to add was I think the ending battle with them. What was it? Her. It's her family, and it's like uh her brother and her brother's wife and stuff they're all able to fight off like a bunch of agents and stuff by basically just making them run in circles in school or whatever do you remember that scene i loved that i i really liked that because it it reminded me a lot of home alone and that's a movie that i really like and i like that you you because like one of the coolest aspects about the show is her um um what am I trying to say? Her connection to her family, mm-hmm. which I really, really like. Because, you know, a lot of the times when you have these sorts of properties where they're focusing on, like, Muslim characters, it's always about the tension. And you get tension in the show as well, right? Tension about living in the West as a Muslim person and blah, blah. But I like that by the end that it focuses so much more on the love, right? So I like that you have these characters who come in and, like, her, all her friends and her family, and that they come in and they do, like, Home Alone style, like... Um, plan i think it works like sure realistically it's like okay roll your eyes whatever but i enjoyed that i like the plan that they came up with i thought it was a lot of fun and um but what do you want to say <laughs> wait are you done talking I, I was also just gonna say like you mentioned too like i really really love the stuff where they got to go back in time the partition stuff i did know about partition compared to you but like still seeing it from a very personal perspective like from her history and stuff was very beautifully done um they got really good actors like some really great pakistani actors to come in and do that um really really well done another thing i also just liked is just her relationship with her grandma because you know a lot of the times in these sorts of properties once again grandmas tend to be like kind of stern and stuff so it's nice to see someone who was a bit more um softer and someone who actually believed in the mystical stuff more than her own mom did i thought that was something very interesting you don't see that all too much especially in western media so that was really cool so two things um god damn her parents were good looking that's all i gotta say like what the hell going on like yo you mean the pakistani actors yeah they're very good looking i was like yeah i was like in the partition or whatever right i was like what's going on like that turns not to say uh the people are ugly obviously but i'm like it was like the parents were just a bit too like out there okay that's one number two i didn't see enough biryani bro i didn't see enough like of my food you're not going to show me my food in a show like this? Come on. You're like, oh, we're going to show the culture. We'll show an Eid festival. We'll show this. But we're not going to show biryani or korma or any of this good shit. Okay, this is an extremely biased comment coming from him because he's like a huge biryani fanatic. So, like, take it with a teensy grain of... If you're listening and you don't know a biryani, it's like yellow rice and, like, chicken and all this stuff. Just Google it. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> You had to bring in your biryani propaganda in here. Yes. So that's Miss Marvel for me at number five. The way the way Ethan Hawke is like uh, crazy about like Ahmed and all this stuff is the way I'm crazy about biryani. Okay. All right. Um, you might as well go into your number five then. Uh, my number five. See, this is where I think you're going to be like, what? Actually, no, well, I was like, what? Okay. My number five is Duke the Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Ew, what was that dumbass accent you Duke just did? Duke the Ew, no, please say it in a normal accent. Hey, she's fighting me, okay? Uh, uh, I'm going to call I'm gonna call the police on you. Okay, Um. yeah, so number five. By far the best thing about this movie is Scarlett. I say Scarlett, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. No, Scarlett Witch played by Elizabeth Olsen. 
so good like so she was intimidating she was terrifying she actually like like if i were to put myself in the shoes of like america chavez or dr strange i was like how the hell are we gonna beat this thing like it was actually scary and and it was one of those things where it's like she did subtle things like elizabeth olsen like um there was like i don't remember if you remember that one scene where she transfers to another universe as i think it's 838 where she's just in the kitchen She's walking towards the kitchen, right? And then she directly looks at the camera, right? And I'm like, yo, stop. I was like, yo, are you going to like jump scare or something like that, right? And there's not many jump scares, which I can appreciate. Like, I'm not a big fan of horror movies and especially I hate jump scares, right? So if a movie can make me still feel tension and terrified without a jump scare or with minimal jump scares, I think that's that movie knows what the hell it's doing. And this is what this thing did. Um, a few jump scares, but even when she was looking at the screen... I literally had to look away. I was like, yo, stop. And I, was, and I was like, yo, she did a great job with this. And the thing is, you kind of understand her fall from grace. Where it's like, you kind of understand she's desperate to get her kids back. Which, let's be honest. like, If you really want kids, you can get kids. Now, granted, they won't be those kids, but they'll be kids. But, um, like, you're, like, you're Elizabeth Olsen. You'll find kids. Okay. Uh, like, my point is that, like, I liked the her character, her arc arc quote-unquote that she goes through throughout this movie um at the end and it's one and it's actually the first time i know people say civil war is the first time it no this is the first time when we actually see a hero turn into a villain now granted scarlet witch isn't a full hero hero but she did work with the avengers she did save the universe so forth and so on civil war is more just a moral dispute where it just turned into an argument here it's like no she actually turned into a legit villain and stuff now, granted, she was corrupted and stuff, but she did turn into a villain, which I appreciated. And then the other thing is, I got Sam Raimi 2002 Spider-Man vibes, like I said, with those jump scares and stuff, because a lot of them reminded me of things like Evil Dead and the first Spider-Man with Green Goblin. And I'm like, a lot of this stuff comes in, especially that one scene with Patrick Stewart, where it's like he's in his mind and it's like the red smoke comes through and then she just snaps the neck in half. I'm like, yo, that's pretty scary. And the other thing I liked, I know, like you said, she kind of takes front stage. And it is Doctor Strange movie. I understand that. But I did like what they did with Doctor Strange. Like with the a little amount that we did have him. I like the one thing that they kept asking him. Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? That was the main thing they kept on asking. Which I'm like, yeah, that is a good point. Because a lot of these superheroes is like, yeah, they, they say people, they have these powers, they have a cool life. But doesn't mean that all of them might want to, like, they might not just be happy. They might just tap out. In fact, another, like to kind of go, I'm going a little bit off the rails. But there's a movie called Metro Man came out by dreamworks and one it, this deals with the similar concept the main there's a hero called metro man is like a superman parody right and the reason he just stops saving people right for two reasons one the pressure was too much right and two he's like i don't want to do this i'm not happy doing this and he actually goes off and becomes a musician as weird as that sounds but like that's my point like he wasn't happy and i like the fact that they kept asking those questions to him because like this stuff actually does matter it's very introspective and so there was that um uh the other stuff i liked was the whole universe hopping thing i think they should have done it way more i honestly think you could have taken away the cameos and stuff that's where i feel like this movie kind of suffers too much fan service this is like the first time we got too much fan service i feel like you could have cut all those cameos out john krasinski and all as fine as they were i feel like you could have cut them all out in fact i was happy when it's funny you would think i'd be happy with or sad with them dying. no i was so happy when they died i was like yo you're pointless like, there's no point for you being here. And I'm like, I would have rather spent that time exploring more universes or exploring more things. And I don't think it helps that everything, everywhere, all at once kind of did this better. <laughs> but 
for the MCU, I understand what they were doing. I liked it. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Wong. I like Wong. Wong. Wong's always sick. So there's that. Uh, yeah. And even America Chavez's character, I I didn't mind. Like I didn't hate. I wasn't. I didn't love. I didn't hate. I was neutral on it. So yeah. There was nothing in her character to love or hate. In my opinion, she was just sort of there for exposition and asking questions. She was, but I mean, I like the whole arc of her trying to find her family. I did like that. Oh uh, yeah, it wasn't all that. It wasn't that strong. Like for you to introduce a new character well, like that, it, see, I don't think they did as much I with feel, it. I feel like it suffers because apparently she was supposed to show up in No Way Home initially. That would have been way too stuffed. I know, but that's probably why they moved it. But I think by moving it, it kind of what it did was I don't know how late in production this was, but I feel like maybe they couldn't have written stuff into our character that they wanted to write in. But yeah, like yeah, she wasn't like the greatest written character, but she was serviceable. Is what she was, and she was the one kind of going. Like I said, she was a plot point meant to actually ask the important question, which got to the point I like, which was with Doctor Strange. So yeah. Oh, and and uh, Amy Adams, Rachel, what's her name? Rachel McAdams. Yeah, she was good as well. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, can I get to my number four now? No. <laughs> uh, number four for me. I wonder if this is your number four too. It's Shang Chi. Yes. Okay, so you and I can talk about this together. <laughs> no, that's good. This is good because we're taking up a lot of time here. Um, Shang-Chi. It's our podcast. We could do whatever we want. I don't want us going over two hours for part two of our conversation, my guy. Um, so Shang-Chi loved this movie. I don't think we get as many origin movies as we do anymore because I understand like origin movies, like they tend to get very uh, formulaic after a while. You're not origin movies, but you're getting origin TV shows, Miss Marvel, uh, Moon Knight, um, all this stuff. Like, there are origin stuff happening. It just, this is the first big one I can remember in terms of movie format. Exactly. And I like that they're doing that with the TV shows because you're experimenting with the format and you get to really care for those characters. So, within, I think, the movies, like, this is the only real origin movie that we've gotten. And they do a really, really good job. Like, I, (laughs) the thing I do have to uh, mention, though, is I feel like the actual character of Shang-Chi is like one of the least interesting parts of the movie for me um but i like everything else surrounding the movie so much more like tony leung as the mandarin so good so good um and even um who played his wife um tony leung's wife yeah michelle. in the no no no, no that michelle yo's the aunt but his wife yeah it's i'm so sorry for i whoever plays the wife of the mandarin whoever that is yeah also really really well done because you get to see how like um shang chi has that connection with his mother and how that's also sort of fueling like his hate for his father Mm -hmm. right um bringing in the 10 rings and stuff was also yeah that was a bit out of left field i was like oh yeah sure okay like i mean of course they brought in the mandarin like in the iron man movies and you're like "Uh," like that was so unsatisfying so i guess you sort of bring it back to close that out a little bit sure um but i i also just love the aspect of them being able to like travel back to china and sort of mixing like a lot of mcu stuff like the 10 rings and stuff and then also bringing in like actual mythology right like with the dragons and all that and doing it in a way that's respectful because apparently in the comics it was like super racist um really really enjoyable i thought the action scenes like you know the scenes where they're like fighting in the ring and abomination shows up and stuff like i thought that was fun yeah wong and abomination the final final, oh the final act amazing i just wish it wasn't so cloudy like mcu like the color palette color grading do you know what i mean like sometimes they color they do that on purpose I know they do it on purpose for, so, CG. for CG, but like I don't like that's it. Why, like, that's what Endgame did, right? The whole thing was a, yeah. the freaking clouds everywhere. Probably. 
I hate that look. I personally like it looking brighter. Logistically, it hits just that's I get it. I just don't like the look of it. But besides that, loved that. I really, really like that Tony Leung's character. He's so much more understandable because he's like, he thinks that his wife is calling out to him because he loves her that much, right? And then it turns out, no, it's just the creature that's behind the, the wall that's sort of calling out to him. And that's why he's sort of going mad in a way. Really, really cool. Really, really well done um stuff there i think the writing also just works really well like the pacing of it is good enough for me to like where it is and that's why it's on my number four so yeah everything you said but a couple of things i want to add i feel like this movie was a great homage to like jackie chan movies and like those martial arts movies back in the 70s and 80s like it was it was really good like i liked uh the scene with the um uh uh what was it the bus scene was it was it the bus scene shit yeah i forgot about the bus scene that was so well done like that that action sequence was really really cool yeah like the bus scene um was really great like him fighting in there and it's like uh they had the guy from creed 2 what was the name florian monta the the razor fist or whatever and he has a name on the side of the car i don't know but yeah that was pretty cool the bus splits in half and he's out there just saving everybody like that was really cool and it does what a lot of jackie chan movies uh, do which is it uses its environment in terms of like uh actually becoming a character itself where it's like they're actually using the environment to fight and stuff like that uh, so like shang would use the poles to kind of go around and stuff in in the bus and stuff that was pretty cool yeah like in general i think just the choreography they do a good job of like like you said using the environment because i was also thinking about the scaffolding scene yeah the scaffolding scene that was pretty cool the final battle as mentioned that was pretty cool the thing i liked was it was a good homage to like dragon ball z where um they do a lot of stuff in Dragon Ball. Like, if you want to talk about live action Dragon Ball Z, I'm like, this is this is pretty this is pretty close to. I mean, Man of Steel as well, but like, this is pretty cool. I will agree with you, Shang Chi. I don't think was the strongest part, but like, I can make the same argument for Black Panther. I actually think everything else in Black Panther is really cool, but T'Challa is kind of no. He's okay, but like, not the greatest. Um, same thing here. Shang Chi is okay, but not not the greatest. Um, but everything else was really good. So yeah. Overall, great movie. I think this is honestly easily the best origin movie in the MCU Phase 4. So, yeah, and I can't wait to see what happened. I even liked, what was it, Aquafina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aquafina was pretty good. She was she was annoying, but, like, not nearly enough for me to walk out the movie. So, that's good. And I think I just appreciate the fact that they're just friends. Like, they sort of ask, oh, are you guys yeah, the yeah. thing? And I, and I appreciate that. We're seeing more platonic, mm-hmm. like, uh, relationships there as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go to number three. Three. Um, number. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't get the feeling you might be mad at this because I think I know this is going to be your number one. What? But my number three is No Way Home. Um, it's not that far off. Exactly. There's just other properties there, right? No Way Home for me was one of those where I feel like everybody else was more hyped about it than I was because I, for me, I kept thinking, man, this movie is going to be just fan service and I'm. it's going to be one of those. What I'm trying to say is that it's going to be just fan service and I'm not going to like it because just catering to fans like that is never going to give out good material. But I was so pleasantly surprised by how well they handled that and that even if it was fan servicey, it's the best they could have done because this movie sounded so overstuffed from the beginning. Like you're bringing all these different villains from different franchises here and then different versions of Spider-Man being rumored, which we all knew was just going to happen. We were all waiting for it to happen. But it, in the end, gets to serve Peter's character Which the most. 
our Peter, MCU's Peter, <laughs> yeah, like because that's because that's what I've wanted the most. Like for me, I'll be honest, I've never cared as much about MCU Spider-Man that much within his own movies, especially because he's always being overshadowed, mm-hmm. especially by Tony Stark. Right. Like first movie, Tony Stark is there. Like it, it's more it's become more about like how he and about sorry, him and his relationship his with relationship Tony Stark. With and then same thing in um, Far From Home. Oh, the absence. It, exactly. Yeah. The absence of Iron Man. So I'm glad that... Like, for me, when I think about this movie, the last thing I tend to remember is the fact that Doctor Strange is also in it, which makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, See, which makes me happy because now you can tell that Peter Parker, even though, sure, he's interacting with all these other huge characters, he's still... He's the main character of his own movie for once. And he does a good job of, like, holding it up. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I also really, really appreciate is that we actually get to spend a lot of time with the other Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. I was so afraid that they'd show up as like a final act thing where you get to, you know, cheer for them and then they just, you know, swing out of there. But for them to actually spend time and sort of go through what each of those Spider-Men have gone through in their like respective universes and how that helps Peter, especially after losing Aunt May, I really, really enjoyed that. And I want that sort of stronger character writing more out of the MCU. And I'm really glad that they did that here in No Way Home because I trust me when I say my expectations were like on the floor. As much as I love, as much as I like the character of Spider-Man, like for me, the thing is because I grew up watching like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and those were more fresh in my head because I've rewatched those recent, like before watching No Way Home. I was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to feel the same like way, the same warmth and stuff. But it does a good enough job and I'm I'm pretty happy with what they ended up doing. And that's why it's my number three, maybe not my number one, because it still does sort of veer on the fan servicey side a bit, but I'm I'm cool with it. It it works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good points, good points. Uh I'm not gonna say any more because I wanna save it for when I have to talk about this movie. Um yeah. So my number three, I don't know, this might be well, I think the last three properties we have are the same it's just in different order for me number three is black panther so it's interesting like literally as i was making this list i actually had this a bit lower but the thing is the more and more i thought about it i'm like it just does things better than all those other some of the other series that i mentioned like at my number four and five spot and i'm like i just had to put this at number three like the thing is yes it's not as good as the first black panther agreed however i still think it's really good i think the first thing that speaks out to me is that damn soundtrack that damn soundtrack slaps like none of the other movies I've, none of the other movies in in all of phase four i have even gone back and thought of listening to her soundtrack this i can't tell you how many times i've listened to songs individually just alone quote unquote uh, gosh you know a song alone by burnham boy yeah that's a really good song but like my point is that like the soundtrack it just it just hits like it's one of those things i could listen to over and over again and and, and it'll be really really good um as for as far as story like going beyond as as far the actual movie um i like shuri's character like a lot of the if you look at the theme of black panther overall not just t'challa's character the theme of his character is vengeance like just going out getting revenge fighting like well fighting but like getting revenge and vengeance for things that happen right being able to control um what's his face uh uh what I would say no, because I feel like in the first Black Panther, T'Challa was... Remember how even in Civil War, like when Zemo was... But but no, I'm not saying it's about going... Like, I'm not saying, oh, like, it's the fight against what you should... Should you take vengeance or should you take revenge or or some... Because Killmonger technically wanted to take revenge. T'Challa didn't. And that's what differentiated the character. Shuri, 
she wants to technically take revenge against um namor or namor or whatever right for what he did right but realize that's not the way that's an overarching theme that you're going to talk about throughout the movie and i really appreciated that because i was like when rest in peace but when chadwick boseman passed away i was like how are they going to do this movie how what are they going to make it like how's it going to work because you lost your main character right and i feel like considering the circumstances i feel like they did really good like ryan coogler did a really good job considering the pieces he was dealt so he was good and it's weird like i actually so in the first one i mentioned i thought everything else was good about black panther the child was kind of okay here i actually liked everything like i liked shuri's character i liked um I liked uh, Namor. I didn't think they'd actually have a good villain. I was like, how are you going to do as well as Michael B. Jordan? But I don't think he's as good, but he's still pretty good. Like, he kills, like, he murders half of Wakanda. And then, um, uh, what, what's her face? Um, who who plays who plays the mom? Angela Bassett. Yeah. She was great. Like, she was great. I mean, obviously, we're seeing her being uh, nominated, which she should be. But she was great. Like, her, her struggle and... Um, her like the loss that she's feeling through her son is pretty hard hitting same thing with shuri um the way she is as that mentor figure there that's really great the action was great um i, I kind of feel like some characters were a bit more sidelined than they probably should have been like winston duke's character i want to see more of him but i can kind of understand why they put him on the sideline i think the cg in this movie is a bit kind of bad like the one done on like ironheart and stuff uh the other thing is like i I think you could have held off on R&R. I don't think she needed to be in this movie. You could have easily introduced her, just been like, oh, I can see why they did it, because they wanted to like have as many eyes on her character. But I feel like it wasn't necessary. Like You could have legit gone through this whole movie without her. Like I honestly feel that way. Like This could have been just Wakanda versus Atlantis, and that was it. Plus, Atlantis looked cool. Like all the stuff that showed, and then they had the whole Dragon Ball Z like Kamehameha. Character. I was like, that that's pretty sick. Like I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, so that was that was pretty sick. So yeah, a lot of great points. Um, I just like it was great. I just personally, I feel the other two properties that I'm gonna mention, I I just enjoyed them way more. So all right, um, I'll talk about Wakanda forever when I get to it. But guess what? Our number twos are the same. <laughs> so let's talk about Wandavision together. Uh, you know i have to say i'm shocked it's so high i didn't realize you liked this as much as you did because i know i did but like no it's interesting because if you had asked me when this phase was first starting off i was i would have been like eh, it's okay but i'm like compared to everything else like it's it wandavision great don't get me wrong but i think it has more to do with how bad the overall quality of the mcu tv shows is Compared to like how good WandaVision, it's like if I had to rank WandaVision on a rank, it'd like it'd be like eight out of ten or whatever, right? I'm like you could easily you could beat it. It's just Marvel didn't. Like if someone told me this would be the best show that they put out, I wouldn't have believed it. I'm like because I was still riding that high of oh Marvel's still really good. Endgame was great. I liked Far From Home, so I was like okay, they're riding really high right now. Turns out that this would have been the best show Marvel would have put out. You could make an argument for Moon Knight, but I I, I prefer WandaVision. So, yeah, for me, um, I'll get into why I like WandaVision so much. I think it's because it's unafraid to get into like the messy feelings that Scarlet Witch has to go through, especially after losing her entire family. And you get to see a little bit more backstory, right? Of her, I remember when they were in Sokovia, like her and her brother and like when the when the um what do you call it the missile hits and stuff and her dealing with that and then being taken away and um her seeing the mind stone for the first time and all like 
all that stuff like you get to see a little bit more of her backstory which i really wanted to because as much as she was in these other like avengers movies and stuff you didn't get to see it enough and i wanted to see more of like her magical powers that she's known for so i'm glad we got to see that in one of the episodes as well uh the other thing i'll say is like at, when i first saw wandavision and i saw her doing all these acts of like enslaving people manipulating people like hold like holding them against their will right i hated it right because I was like, yo, what are you doing? You're a hero and all this stuff, right? Like, I was invested. I'm like, you saved the universe. But in hindsight, I'm like, it's great because it gave us probably one of the best hero to villain arcs in the MC. The only one, honestly. So I can appreciate it in hindsight even more. It sets her up really well for Doctor Strange, which is why I'm like, why is it even a Doctor Strange movie? Um, and I just love, and it's so romantic too. Like, I knew it was gonna be. And the thing is, sometimes when it comes to romance, like, not everybody is sold where they're like, okay, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's not one of it's not maybe an element that people care about the most it's one of the few romances in the mcu that i think actually makes sense i agree like yeah as weird, like as weird as the actual physical aspect of it of a human and a robot like i think it's one of the few relationships that actually makes sense this pepper Potts and tony stark like it makes sense like it, it's an actual relationship where i'm like okay i can see why these two characters would get together yeah and you get to see their differences as as characters too right like where wanda is and where her mind is compared to visions and vision like paul bettany in this was also so so yeah, good right. too um the ending with like him of theseus yeah like the ending and stuff like i'm curious to see where they take that but i also just love that like you can tell how much they love each other even when they're apart literally like remember the part when um vision he steps out of the hex and he's literally being torn to yeah. pieces but you know you know where he's coming from he still loves wanda even though he's recognizing okay she's kind of going off the rails a little bit here loved that um they didn't have to have evan peters yeah yeah just like that's i think but that's like the seed of like the whole cameo fatigue cameo problem that the mcu is having i think it stems from wanda vision it didn't have it could have been anybody and even if it was him it, sh it didn't have to be quicksilver like you you're creating this expectation that doesn't get resolved and he ends up being named ralph boner like it's just <laughs> like i don't know like sure it's funny but in some ways it's also just like haha fuck you fans like that's sort of what i felt i personally was uh, like evan peters is an amazing actor like he did really well as um pietro mm -hmm. But I don't know. Like, you know what you're doing when you're casting someone like him and then to be like... Yeah. Look, Marvel knew what they were doing. I think it was their equivalent of a red herring, so it wasn't as bad. Like, it's not... At least he had something to do. Like, he was there doing something. It wasn't like... Um, it wasn't like just cameo for no reason. Like, he actually had dialogue and he actually interacted pretty well. So I can understand that. It just... I think... It, this that's where you can start to see this um the beginning of like some of the issues we're having right now with the mcu hopefully ant-man rectifies that but i feel like that was the beginning of that so um another thing i want to mention is i love the nature of how the show goes like through the decades of yes, television yes, 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 yes. that's a very good concept yeah. and it keeps every episode interesting mm -hmm. and and i love that because it kept like i said it kept it different like each episode was a parody of a different sitcom like i like that malcolm in the middle i didn't i didn't expect them I, I love malcolm in the middle by the way so i didn't expect them to parody that episode like parody that show i was like oh yeah they'll do They'll probably do a bunch of classics and then maybe a random show from the two times. But then it was Malcolm and Mill. I was like, yes. And then they did Modern Family. We're seeing Vision just sitting on a director's chair in front of a, what was it, ice cream, uh, in front of a truck or whatever. Just giving commentary. I'm like, bro, that was hilarious. That was awesome. 
Oh my gosh. And see, that's the thing. You have like absurd moments like these that are then paired off with like serious heartbreaking stuff. And then obviously the one line that everyone's been talking about, what is grief but love persevering? It's so, it's so like touching where you're like, oh yeah, Marvel can write good stuff. Why are we getting more of this? Sorry, I feel like I've been mentioning it so much, but I I mean that because when it comes to like my favorite anything like movies or TV shows, I always look for good writing. So and I feel like WandaVision had that. And um oh, another thing I have to mention, there's no way I'd go like without mentioning this. Agatha. Definitely what a, <laughs> What a great villain. Catherine Catherine Hahn was so good and it's like you're watching and you know something's up with her Agnes, Agatha whatever. But then when she does the switch and you spend like episodes 8 and 9 with her, she's just so compelling. Like you want to see her in her spin-off, like spin-off, spin-off coming up. Her her theme song was bomb. Yes, to the point where you were listening to like the trap remixes of it. The, the, the remix slapped. I'll not go. People were like, "Why is this ghost art?" I don't. I don't know why. Because the dude made it pretty good. Yeah, no, she was great. Um, the way she was just like, I I like the way this starts. Where in the beginning you don't know what's going on. You know something's off about Westfield. You just don't know what the hell is going on. And then you slowly the, the layers start getting peeled away and stuff. And like Agatha, the way her character, she basically like sitting in the background, kind of playing the strings and kind of manipulating Scarlet Witch. That was cool. I I want. I think we'll see her again. I don't. She has her own TV show. Oh, Remember the spinoff, Agatha oh, oh, oh. Coven of Darkness. Is that before or after? That I don't know. So that's up in the air, right? We don't know. But still, like knowing that she's been that charming of a character and so many people have gravitated towards her, like she's going to be. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't wait for when that happens. And yeah, like you said, I love just the world of Westview. Like I got so I was so invested in this town that by the time like we leave and like they're moving on to different things, I'm like, this is kind of sad. I actually like this town and the characters that you see going in and out and how they're changing throughout the eras as well. Like Monica. One thing I'm going to say, Scarlet Witch should be in jail for what happened in Westview. I don't understand how she just sort of walked away and was like, eh, I don't know. Like well, People no, are going to hate who go, who go stop her? You go See, stop that's, her. That's the thing. That's why she ended up going away. And you get it. It's part of like her villain arc, right? But the, I, that's one of the things where I was like, oh, you, this is a bit privileged. She was also driving a Toyota something, I think. So? No, uh, it was, I was like, you're an Avenger. I'm pretty sure you make good money. No, she doesn't. She does afford the Toyota. I don't feel like these superheroes make as much money well, as we might imagine. That was the point. That's what Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of brought home. Yeah. They saved the universe, but they're not really doing that well for themselves. So. Yeah. Not everyone is a billionaire playboy. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Um, so yeah, WandaVision, I, I think we're pretty much gone through. Oh, and I, yeah. Like, like I mentioned with Monica, I thought she was really cool too. I can't wait to see her more like in the Marvels. Remember when she was actually powered up and was like all blue oh, and yeah. stuff? I forgot about her character. There's a lot of elements at play in the show, and she's not the strongest element, but she was cool. Like it was a cool introduction to her character. I will say the one thing I like. This is not about the show, uh, or not like one thing I didn't like, and this is not about the show. I think this is just a problem with the fandom. Everyone just went so over the top with their expectation. Oh, Mephisto. Oh, oh, freaking. We're gonna see more cameo. We're gonna see Reed Richard. We're gonna see all this stuff. And I'm like, just wait. Like, because what happened, I feel like a lot of people, because they were expecting these things, when they didn't happen, they're like, fuck this show. I hate this show. I don't think this show is that good. And I'm like, chill. But yeah, a lot of people were let down. And I'm like, you said you played yourself. So Exactly. I was so glad that we, you and I didn't fall for that. Because even though we saw those rumors and theories and going out, like, like they had validity to them. But I was like, no, just focus on the story. And I'm glad they did. I just don't like the red herrings that they did. 
But I, I'm glad they just focused on the story. And the story was so well written that like that's why it's still so high for you and I even even though we were somewhat disappointed by that not happening but like you said we didn't play ourselves we didn't keep that expectation for ourselves but did you know that that Reed Richards thing was supposed to be true but then they literally changed it because fans were on the right track or some shit like that I read that in an article and I was like how is that possible that they changed that this is the problem with Marvel stop changing things just because fans are saying like oh we expect like just just don't make it like the thing that annoys me is marvel changing things just to stay unpredictable makes no sense or just make better foreshadowing just do that don't make it like oh i know the scientists over here just make it a little less subtle don't just change complete elements for the sake of changing elements and also dr strange was supposed to show up in this to set up Doctor Strange. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. I would have liked to see him interact with Wanda just a little bit more. Setting, just moving all these things around, I feel like um, for WandaVision it was fine, but some of these later projects, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that they move around in reshoots and stuff. Like, for example, America Chavez and stuff that kind of degrades the quality of the movie. I'm like, just do one plan, stick to it. And if it's something like that, because she was a big character in that movie, it's going to affect the movie in a big way. And it did for Doctor Strange and her character. So... Okay, so that was our number two. Let's get into my number one. Um, obviously, I haven't talked about it yet. It's Wakanda Forever. And I think you sort of saw that coming too, right? Because walking out of that movie, I freaking loved it so much. Um, I think, I think like you said, it's... I feel like it's a little less better than the first Black Panther because the first Black Panther was really tight. So you mean worse? Yeah. It was a little... Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that this movie was definitely a bit messier because you just have so many plot elements going on at once. Whereas with the first movie, you, you have a tighter written story and script. Um, that's not to say script here is bad at all. Like it's still really, really good. It's just a little bit all over the place and a little bit longer. So, like you said, we could have cut out Ironheart. I absolutely agree. I was just like, she was just sort of the MacGuffin, you know, that like sort of the motivation as to why um, Namor is sort of acting up and doing what he needs to do. And the cool thing that I like about Namor is you understand where he's coming from right up until he sort of becomes the cause for um, Queen Ramonda's death. Yeah. And then being like, if you're not an en- if you're not an ally, then you're an enemy. It's like, whoa, don't have the you know brown folks fighting each other. Like, look at who the common enemy is, right? Um, but there's so much that I really wanted to say about this movie, and I was thinking about doing a, like a separate review for it on the channel. If you guys want one, let me know. But I think the time has passed for it, which is fine. But um, like you mentioned, I think this movie does such a good job, especially of like character studies with Shuri. She goes through so much. And to some extent, you can almost call it like trauma porn in a way where to the point where you've heard this term, right? Where like, really, you haven't to the point where, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, it's it's sort of like talking about how you have a character and all you do is just keep giving them more hell instead of giving them time to recover. Yeah, exactly. You're not giving them time to recover. All you're doing is just making it worse and worse for them to the point where you're like, how is this character even alive? Like, that's way too much trauma for a person to handle, right? So they sort of veer on that with her having to deal with two deaths at once. But I'm kind of okay with it because then it takes her character in a new direction. It's not like she's just getting beaten down because after especially her mom's death, then she's thinking vengeance, right? Especially after seeing Killmonger in her dream, uh, in her um vision thing that she gets after she took the heart shape the synthesized heart shape herb is she the leader of wakanda or is it winston duke now yeah see i kind of like that they split this up because i think she's just the black panther she's the protector of wakanda but the leader they sort of implied that it would be mbaku because he's the one that shows up to like fight for the throne right which i'm like that's cool because he did step up a little bit as a leader and actually asked the right questions right like them being like because he was the one sorry who said 
if we're gonna keep answering to this like namor guy he what's to stop him from asking for more and I'm like, that is a very good point. He was the one with the level head. And I think it makes sense at the end. For, like, it, especially like when Shuri got the herb and stuff, like he was the one out, out there asking the right questions to her. Where it's like, we don't just want to do this for vengeance. We don't just want to fight and we're going to lose. Like doing this as diplomatically as one can. And I was like, that's elements of what T'Challa had when he was the Black Panther. So I think it makes sense for him to be the leader. Exactly. And you can see that Shuri doesn't exactly have... Uh, the passion to be that leader but she does want to protect she gets it and so I'm totally cool with them sort of splitting that role up Mm -hmm. Um, and then them setting up like the next T'Challa as well Mm -hmm. was actually very very sweet like I like I knew to some extent they should have been they could have been doing something to set that up and I thought it was just ending with like okay now Shuri like this is who we're gonna be focusing on but then for them to introduce hey no there is another t- little T'Challa out there I'm like that's really really cute I think they like I think the actor too who played little T'Challa like because he did such a cute job I'm like way more on board than I probably would have been depending on who it would have been yeah uh yeah no it, that end credit scene it was an end credit scene right yeah that was great um I liked all the actors I liked uh Lupita Nyong'o as um, Nakia. Yeah. She, she was pretty good. It's just kind of weird that she... I mean, they at least they explained why she wasn't there in Infinity War and all that. In reality, Lupita Nyong'o probably couldn't be there, but the in-universe reason, I did like that. Um, what else? I'm actually interested to see what happens if, let's say, Chadwick Boseman was alive, what the story would have been. Oh, there's... Um, I think Ryan Coogler did a podcast or something where he mentioned some elements. No, not not the whole script, but like he did say that this story still would have focused on like father son relationship, like him and his relationship with his new son, because he wasn't around for those five years because of the snap, right? So it would have focused a little bit more on that relationship. So I'm like, that still would have been cool. Would have been him versus Namor. Yeah, Namor still would have been a part of this new movie, but I think the dynamic Queen Queen Ramonda have died. No, we I don't know that much, but I I did hear that that was sort of the plot beats they were going to go for. Now that is a what if. I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, I what else did I want to talk about? Um, I mean, I feel like the the real big standout of this movie for me was Namor. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say the soundtrack. But... Oh, soundtrack was great too. Yeah, like love the soundtrack. Um, especially Rihanna's "Lift Me Up" at the end. I think they played it at the very at a very good moment where she's reflecting and thinking about T'Challa. No, uh, no, to your point, agreed. But the other thing I liked is that this movie took a lot of moments to just linger on certain yeah. people like 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 there's that entire scene at the end where Shuri's just sitting on the beach no music no nothing you just hear the waves you see her and you see the sun that's it for like a good like 30 seconds almost like that and you can kind of understand what's going on like just by looking at her you're like you can tell what she's going through basically and all the thoughts that are going through it. and i appreciated that a lot of these movies i feel like they just cut too quickly between scenes and stuff that i really appreciated Yes, uh, and that's I think that sort of also plays into why I, I liked Eternals a little bit more than maybe you did, for example. They take the time to just have those characters act and breathe a little bit because I think the MCU tries to be a bit too economical with its runtime sometimes, where they're cutting like all these like important character stuff just for more action, just for to move the story forward. So, yes, I agree. I love that they were able to do that. Um, let me take a second and just talk a little bit more about Namor because I really really like what they did and bringing just this culture of Talokan as well and how they also have vibranium and that you know they also were affected by you know the colonizers and stuff and that's why they have their own little protected world and now they also need to make sure that their little world stays 
in their little bubble without having outside interference. And that's why Namor's so protective of like his people and why he's going so all out. And because you also get that one sequence where he, where you get to see like um, he actually burns down like that um, the the I think it was like the the Sc- the Spanish um, slave, Plantation. yeah yeah, um, him burning that down and him them being like oh you know you're a child without love El Nino sin amor or whatever, like seeing all that kind of backstory even filled his character out more to me, mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm blanking. Okay. Hold on. Well, I do have one question. So they call him Namor in the movie. Is that what the actual character's name was based on in the original comics? Or no, that was a writing well, choice. It's a good it's writing a choice. Good writing choice. Like, yeah. And it makes complete sense. It, it really, really does. Um, and also, he's just so strong, too. Like him flying around. Yeah. Remember when he tried to... Winston Duke, right? One thing I do have to say, though, is I didn't care for the slow-mo. Remember when he, like, punches him and you're like, the slow-mo goes on, like, a second extra yeah. longer than it had to? And even when he does the water bomb to yeah. Ramon, for Ramonda? I do like the whole, um, was it feathers on his feet thing? I thought that could have been something that could have been conceptually really stupid, but they made it look so cool. And I was like, bro, I want those things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, your number one Wakanda forever. Yeah, that was my number one Wakanda forever. Um, your number one No Way Home was easily easily man like i'm about to i'm about to gush about this movie for about 20 minutes um yeah so no way home like what can i say about this movie that hasn't been said great movie um i love the cast love love the villains the villains were great like um willem defoe like what can i say like it's been 20 years 20 years since he well not 20 yeah 20 years almost since he played um uh 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 what's his face green goblin Goblin, norman osborn right and i was like damn he still has it and in some ways you could actually say he's even more terrifying here than he was in the original um movie and i was like damn to go 20 years and then come back as if he literally is the same character and he didn't even seem you know how in like the other movies he seemed a little bit campy like he was just straight up terrifying no he was terrifying like that like when he turns in the beginning and he becomes from Norman to Green Goblin in the hallway and he's fighting Peter and they're falling through the floor and stuff. And I'm like, oh, and then when Peter just punches him like crazy, he's just laughing like crazy. I'm like, yo, Willem Dafoe, the man understood the assignment. That's all I'm saying. Like that dude can act. I can see why people say we want him to be the Joker because like imagine Willem Dafoe as the Joker. Like that shit would be crazy. And I don't think anybody would complain and be like, oh, he's Green Goblin. No, no one gives a shit. So yeah, really great. Um, I liked all the other. I liked uh, uh, Alfred Molina as uh, as Doc Ock. He was great as well. Like a lot of one one thing I was fearing was like, I was hoping that when they brought these characters back, because obviously we found out eventually that these char- actors and characters coming back, I didn't want it to feel like oh actors who may not feel like out of touch who like they they're not used to like they're rusty playing these characters they're rusty. or like they're just here for the money here for the money that's one but the other thing is like you don't really feel like they're they're they have any rust on them like it honestly feels like they played those actors in the last 20 years and they haven't skipped a beat and that's what i loved like they were the ca- same characters that i remember from the original movies what i saw when i was growing up so i appreciate that as well as for the Spider-Man, like like what my sister said, I appreciated that those characters were not just there for cameos. They actually had a part to play in the movie. Like they were, there, and in some ways, they actually helped the story move forward because they helped Peter's character move forward. They're actually like it's. I like this whole thing now that Peter's suit is now influenced by the other Spider-Man. Like they are now influencers 
to Spider-Man or Peter Parker in the sense that like his decisions are now being influenced by those older Spider-Man. Like they have that mentor-mentee relationship despite being the same character in different universes, which I really appreciate it. And then the other thing is like, even some of the other characters like Lizard and Electro and stuff, I feel like Electro got a big upgrade. I actually gave a shit and he was actually more terrifying here than he was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Lizard, not so much, but I mean, you can only have so many characters. Sandman, he was kind of wishy-washy. But the one thing I saw someone mention as to why this movie works, sure, you have five villains or whatever. But in reality, two of them aren't really here to fight. Sandman's not really there to fight. Uh, he's just like, I want to go home. And Doc Ock, he turns good pretty early on. So it kind of brings the stakes down already to where Norman Osborn is the main villain, as he probably should be because he's a freaking nut. So there's that. Marissa Tomei, she was great. <laughs> like, when she died, I was like, oh, my God. Like, and someone said, yeah, she is the new Ben Parker. She is yeah. Uncle Ben, basically. Um, they did Uncle Ben, but not using Uncle Ben, which I appreciated. And then the other thing I appreciated was now I can actually like, because I think a lot of people had this complaint. It was like, oh, he's still Iron Man Jr. He's not really Spider-Man or whatever. Right? Now, if you go back and look, this entire trilogy is just a big origin story of how he became Spider-Man. Now I'm looking. That's why I think a lot of people are looking forward to the fourth Spider-Man, because now we get to see the implications of his actions and what happens going forward and stuff. So I really appreciated that. The CGI actually wasn't even that bad. Um, oh, Tom Holland, I thought was great. Like when he was angry and he was about to kill uh, Green Goblin, if it wasn't for Tobey Maguire's character, I think he would have done it. I think it would have actually killed him. You would have gone like even crazier. Luckily, that didn't happen. But yeah, he was great when he was angry. He needs to be angry. He played really good. His acting was great. And the ending, the ending broke my heart. I'm like, oh, my God. Literally, no one remembers what you are. Like, like, I was imagining if that was me. Like, if everyone forgot I existed. I was like, yo, that'd be such a lonely life. And then in the end, when they brought him in the um, apartment and stuff, I'm like, this is exactly what we need. This is Spider-Man. This is the thing we're now going to see. And we'll be like, okay, I get it. I understand now. So there was that. Um, Doctor Strange was in it. I think you could have cut Doctor Strange out of it. I can see what, like... I, th I think well, they needed him there because they need someone magical to kind of get it. I get that. But beyond that, you didn't really need him there. So I see why he was there, but I, I'm kind of glad they kind of put him to the side. The villains were great. Like I said, um, the top two villains were Alfred Molina. He's not even a villain. Uh, and then um, Willem Dafoe. And then the other thing I want to say is that um, with the Spider-Man, right? You actually got, not only did they add something to this movie by helping Peter move forward, in terms of like mourning and feeling like moving on from Aunt May's death, despite how hard that may be, they brought something to their characters that we didn't know. Things we didn't know. Like for example, like Andrew uh, Garfield Spider Man, we didn't like. He said he stopped pulling his punches. Like he got bitter. He got all this. I'm like, give me a movie about that, because I'm like, if you can like, it actually made me want to like. It sucks that it makes me well it makes me want to go back and watch obviously because like now technically those movies are now part of the mcu so like now you can watch them and be like okay i know how this is now going to feed into no way home and then uh same thing with amazing spider-man the one thing i kind of hate is like now i want to see more movies with them but we're not gonna get it like i appreciate we got them but now it just makes me want to get them more and then some of the moments they had like with uh Toby Maguire and Alfred Molina's character, like them interacting and then, then saying, oh, how you doing, my boy? And he's like, oh, I'm trying to do better. I'm like, great callback, great callback. And then Max and uh, um, Jamie Foxx and uh, 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 Andrew Garfield's character, right? They're them interacting. I liked all that <laughs> stuff. I liked all of it. So I understand a lot of people what they're saying with the fan service. A lot of fan service, I agree. But I think this is the best possible example of fan service done right, where each person brought in 
bring something to the table that makes the movie a unique but b they're not just there for cameo they're actually there to help move the plot forward so there's that and then the other thing um i thought was really good is like obviously the way they set it up i think one of the not weaker parts but like i like the beginning like most people talk about the second half but the first half i liked as well because it talks about his identity being out and how he deals with it and i'm kind of glad they didn't just cut away immediately within five minutes everyone forgot like there's a little bit of time where it's like you kind of see what life is like as him's identity being revealed in spider-man and it's a living hell for him like um his his friends can't really go into college and stuff like that and at the same time um wait i think you're saying yeah, I was just going to say, because you see this first half of like his identity, you also understand why he decides to go to someone like Doctor Strange and be like, hey, I want everyone to forget who I am because this, this life freaking sucks for me. I will say this, though. The one thing I didn't like is the reason why he went to Doctor Strange. Like, I appreciate... Wait, really? No. So, so no. The Like, maybe I'm not saying it right, but I like the fact that he went to Doctor Strange because life has been hard for him. But I think what the way he did it because he wanted his friends to get into mit i think what would have been more interesting was someone brought up saying that him and his friends are going to go to jail like they're going to be convicted for like crimes and stuff and all this stuff as opposed to like the pe- the reason he's doing it is because their lives are hard i get it but like really all mit is the reason you're gonna say no like that's gonna be the reason you're gonna go to Doctor Strange and have him change the whole universe. Not the fact that you could be potentially convicted of potential crimes and all this stuff. Yeah, I guess in that sense, and it, it does seem flimsy in comparison. It's a flimsy thing, and that was my one pet peeve of the movie. I'm like, MIT should not be the reason you decide. Like, come on, Peter, you should realize. Like, I know it's selfless. You're trying to get your friends in, but that's not the reason you do it. What you should have done was the the department of damage control or whatever they're like if you don't tell us more and more about this we're gonna send you to jail or you're gonna be sent to the slammer or whatever like that would have been better i like daredevil's cameo it's was, it was kind of meh in the wow i forgot he was in the movie yeah, for a sec yeah, like okay yeah like that was okay i mean i understand we've been talking the whole time about cameos that matter that was just one where i was like i was willing to let it slide because it was done so well whereas like he just comes and catches the baseball order i was like that was that was good but yeah, like there are exceptions, but overall, yeah, love this movie. And I was like, this was like, I wish all of Phase Four was like the, not the fan service part, but just the characters and story and all that. So, yeah. Can I also just add like how you mentioned how this is a trilogy, right? Yeah. And a lot of the times, what I notice when it comes to buildups and stuff is that even in like my favorite TV shows or like movies that are like like the first movie and then a sequel i usually tend to like like the first the penultimate episode or like the penultimate movie better than the next part because usually the send the payoff isn't like it doesn't live up to the setup but this is one of those rare instances where like the setup like the first two movies were kind of weak for me but the payoff was so well done Mm -hmm. that now i'm really looking forward to like you said the next trilogy as well where you really get to see the spider-man that you know from like the comics or like if you're familiar with like the toby Maguire series for example um yeah i didn't like the post-credit scene with uh tom hardy's thing it was just like they brought him in just to add the the venom whatever symbiote in the universe that was the only reason oh yeah i forgot about that yeah like i was like that's a pointless cameo that at least murdoch was there to kind of help clear peter's name so you can kind of understand tom hardy you could literally cut out but like he's there just so you could have the peter get the symbiote at some point which i guess like and that's one of the things like this movie kind of had a precursor to that where he felt like Peter felt a lot more rageful in this movie, which I'm like, okay, I see elements of how like when he gets the black suit, 
because he will eventually like that could feed into things like that so i appreciate that so yeah um so yeah overall phase four um quick thoughts i just i there's just so much that happened to the point where we even have to divide this into two episodes and uh while i'm happy with some of the stuff that we got some of the great um character moments writing moments all that kind of stuff and even in the stuff that's in the lower rankings too there's still stuff to enjoy we were still entertained Mm -hmm. so i hate to complain that there's too much because there was a point where we wanted more right I would like it to be maybe a little bit more spaced out, maybe a little bit more planned out because I don't know how all this is going to come together. Here's the thing, though. If it's good stuff, I don't care how much you give me. If you give me great stuff over and over again, not to say that's easy, but you, if you want to put out this much content, if all of it's great, I'm not going to complain. But the reality is it wasn't all great. A lot of it was mad and sometimes even kind of bad. So it may, it may, it like it makes sense now like you said i have no idea how this is going to fit in the only reason why i'm a little bit more open-minded than most people is because this is not the infinity saga this is not we're building to thanos and the infinity stone and all that like it's not like they have tidbits here which are leading into it so i'm willing to see where this goes i feel like phase five is going to be the one where things start to come together slowly i think they said this is going to be called the multiverse saga so, right. i mean it makes sense because they've introduced some right, of that right. But just because it's called the Multiverse Saga does not necessarily mean that everything needs to lead into that. I agree they should. And I feel like Ant-Man's probably going to be the starting off point of the, I mean, technically Loki was, but you get my point. Like, this is going to be one where we have Kang, the Conqueror, right? So, like, from that point, I understand, like, if this was supposed to be, like, a middle phase of, like, everything. Like, they're just doing stuff for the sake of. Some of this will will play in. A lot of it won't. But the one thing I... Here's one of the things I don't understand. A lot of people in the Marvel uh, fandom is like, oh, this movie wasn't great. Like, I, as someone who loves sports, I understand it's like, you can't always win a game. You're never going to go 82 games. You're never going to have 100 win percentage. Yeah, Marvel had a couple bad years, understandably so. But it's the same with any sports franchise. You don't always win a championship. You don't always win the finals. Sometimes you have a bad year. Sometimes you have bad two bad years. And I'm like, we've gotten 10 good years or 10 good-ish years. I'm willing to let these two years slide and be like, okay, this was not your best performance. But can you rebound this next year? And up? Because let's say 2023 hits. We're like, yo, most of Marvel was really good compared to... No one's going to complain and no one's going to say shit about those two years. So... Yeah, well, let's see what the future brings. Um, speaking of future, our next episode will be the, our Quantumania review. Mm-hmm. By the time this episode comes out, we hopefully will have seen it and will have recorded it. And you'll be seeing it the oh, yeah. Tuesday after, which I think is Tuesday, February 28th yep. at um, 12 p.m. EST. So please uh, tune in for our review of that. That's going to be very exciting because I feel like we all have different expectations going in, which we'll go into like when that movie comes in, um, when that movie comes out and when we sit down for our review. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sticking around for two episodes of us just talking about MCU Phase 4. There was a lot of content to like cover, so hopefully you will. Okay, yeah, blame Marvel, but also I, I hope that you understand. Um, and what are your rankings? What are you thinking? Let us know. Like Reach, reach out to us on Instagram at uh, Post Credit Club and uh would love to sort of carry that conversation over because there's just a lot to talk about there's a lot to get into right um once again thank you so much for tuning in please catch us on all your favorite podcast listening platforms thank you for supporting us thus far like i think this is episode number five and six that you'll be seeing coming out from us within these couple weeks um thank you for being here and hopefully you will be continuing to support us and tuning into our podcast Uh, and we will see you next time for our quantum mania review bye-bye